What's going on, New City Church? How are we doing? Man, can you do any better than that? I don't know about this, man. What's going on? I'm going to ask you one more time. We've got a, we, oh, thank you very much. I was looking for that earlier. I don't know what I did. I was about to start writing notes. I was like, oh, thank you. Ooh, he finished his prayer. I got to act like I know what I'm doing up here, you know? Um, all right, here's, here's the deal. Uh, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to the earth. He fulfilled hundreds of prophecies that were written about him. He died on a cross for you and me. Thanks, brother. Hey, amen. For you and me, rose from the grave, and we're going to be in, like, like learning what the new church 2,000 years ago did, and they did some amazing, incredible, awesome, beautiful things. With that in mind, how we do in New City Church? Come on, man. I'm tell- let, me, let me make, yes, amen is right. I like that. We got a new, I like that a whole bunch, man. Hey, let me, uh, let me tell you a couple quick things we've got uh, going on here. Uh, this week, we've got uh, Super Summer coming up for the youth. We've got a few youth that are coming up. So if you are of youth age and you, are, you have a youth uh, offspring, we're going to be meeting here tomorrow morning at 8.30 sharp. And we're going to be packing up the van. We're going to be going. So uh, Kyle, Kyle C. Walsh and I are going to be taking a, a group of youth with us. So we officially don't have a youth ministry here, but for whatever reason, we got a lot of youth coming. We've got to figure out what to do with you mongrels. So it's going to be awesome. So I love that. Um, but so that's cool, and uh, so we've got that going on. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Mama Helen, who is our matriarch, and she's like been here for 30, somebody correct me, 34 years, I think it was, but something like that. And so she was here before it became New City Church, saw the transition happen. She is going to be gone this month, but here's why. I've got a couple of pictures for us. Uh, we've had some people volunteer, so we want to do this. We're going to be taking some paneling off of her walls and putting sheetrock up if you look down the hallway there you could kind of well it'll show you in a second but if you look down the hallway it's kind of like partially done half done exposed walls that kind of thing right there and so it, it it's not a whole lot of work but it is kind of a lot of work if you if you don't but it's way too overwhelming for our mom to have to deal with so we're gonna um gonna gonna help her out with that my 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 prayer is that when she comes home She's got all this stuff done, man. She's taking some, taking some time. Amen to that. So we've got to uh, show a couple of things. Amen to that is right. Here we're going to pull all this carpet up. And she's already got the flooring. She's already got the sheetrock. She's got the screws, the mud, the tape, all that kind of stuff. So if we want to do that and help her out, uh, like I said, we are spending the month of July helping folks uh, in-house a little bit. We are consistently and can, will continue to be uh, outwardly focused, communally minded, and we want to bless folks in the community, but we never want to neglect those who are in-house either. Amen? So we've got a couple things going on in the community. We do have a July, well, it's the 3rd of July, but tonight we have fireworks at Martin Creek Park, so don't forget that. that is a, it's going to be an awesome time. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. A whole lot of people are going to be there, and so be there or be square. Last thing. Oh, if it rains, don't go. I guess. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, bring an umbrella um, or whatnot, but there's not really, say, they said like 6, 7 it's going to start, but the actual fireworks won't start until it gets dark, so 9.30-ish, something like that, the fireworks will start, so anytime you want to come, it's just tonight, so uh, somebody told me between 6 and 7, they'll kind of get the party started and that, and that kind of thing, so there will be a dance contest if you so want to accept the challenge. I don't want the problem. I don't want the, oh, you're right. You know what? With fame comes a lot of responsibility. I don't want that. All right, cool. All right, sounds good. 
Um, speaking of uh, speaking of Fourth of July, I posted on Facebook one of the funniest things I'd ever seen was the poopy puppy fireworks, and somebody got me one, man. <laughs> I was like, "Thank you, thank you, Eric Hanley." Yeah, you uh, may got a lighter. Hold on, we'll do this right. Now. Oh, can't. Oh, shh. what's that? It's so funny, man. Little poopy comes out of his butt. What? <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Okay, got it. Well, I'll just hold that for me. Don't, do not destroy this. Do not throw that away. Hey, no. I'll, hey, I'll find out where you got it. I'll get 10 of them. We'll have poopy puppies everywhere. Um, happy 4th of July, everybody. Oh, my goodness. So, by the way, we are starting something in the, something right now that I'm really excited about. We are going through the, the book of Acts, and, and the book of Acts is, uh, it, man, it's just an incredible, man, it's an eye-opening thing for us, and if you see the, uh, the, the it's like the, 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 the series right now is called, It's the End of the World as We Know It, and I know a lot of you are singing REM songs, so we, we actually thought about doing that, and everybody's screaming out, Leonard Bernstein, but we decided not to, but the, it's the end of the world as we know it, and and so is this the end, right? It's like, like the, the new century, the first century church is now stepping into a whole different realm of what it means to be spiritual, right? Like the, like the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the, the teachers of the law, uh, they all came, I mean, they, they said, hey, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. They had developed uh, like 10,000 rules and regulations on top of the 600 commands of the Old Testament that you have to do these things, things, these things in order to be holy and here comes jesus fulfilling all these prophecies rising from the dead and saying hey guys thank you for your service but you're no longer needed right i mean it's pretty it's pretty intense time so the new church is having to deal politically not just not just spiritually but politically with the oppression of these folks that are saying hey you're doing it wrong we're still doing it right right even though jesus proved himself to be the way the truth and the life and so we're dealing with that kind of thing. So as the, it's kind of wild because the, the, new, the first century church, they attracted a whole bunch of people. Now, I'm, you know, I don't know how in the world 120 people starting this church, right? And by the way, we're about double that. Did you realize that now as a church? Amazing. Amazing, man. This is, I mean, I, I'm blown away by, by, by what God has done just in a short period of time, a year and a half, man, we're, we're like double the size of the first church. I, I tell people all the time, I had this crazy vision of, of, of this concussion happening out of, out of Edgerton, Kansas. So, like the historians will look at us later on down the line, like where did this crazy movement and this revolution start, right? Like we're reading the book of Acts going, hey, this is uh, this is a revolution that's taking place, and I firmly believe that they're going to be people go, where is this Edgerton that everybody keeps talking about? Oh, there it is. Okay, that's where it is on the map. And I know that sounds weird and everything like that, but, but here's a group of 120 people that we're still talking about today, and we're here because of them. Amen? And so when we think about that kind of thing, we think about the, 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 the new church that's written out in the book of Acts, man, for us, it's like... What do we do to be that kind of church? Like, I love the fact of what God has done in our church. I love the fact that we have a Holy Spirit-driven, we believe in healing. I mean, freaking Pete, Superman, that's the name of the band this week, right? Had a stroke 13 days ago, man, right? He's here. I mean, he's healed. 
Amen? And so for, for, for us, man, it's like this is the real. Man, we're seeing this stuff happen. And we get to, get to be a part of just the, the, the continuing legacy of what, what God has laid down for us. 2,000 years ago, man, man these, these folks were radical, rebellious followers of Jesus. And I want us to be thinking about that. Was we're, we're, I had lots of conversations, great conversations after the first service this morning that when they were like, and it was about packed like this a little bit, and, and, and actually it might have been a little more packed, I don't know, but, but, but it, was, it was crazy because people were asking like, man, man, I never thought about it like that. I'm, I'm really struggling in, in what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I'm, man, this is going to be a crazy ride for the next year. That we're starting today, man. Put your seatbelts on. Seriously, man, because it is gonna it is gonna challenge you. I told one guy, man, this will wreck you. And he says, I'm ready for it. I need that. Amen. I love that. So let's talk about the book of Acts a little bit. By the way, if you want more people to 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 know about this, we have some business cards. If you want to hand it out to a friend, hand it out to neighbors, anything like that, man, man, feel free. It has our has our address and our our times on it. It's out at the uh out at the um little table out there, the end table, uh, out in the lobby, or if you want uh, one of these, just let me know, man, we'll get that to you. If you want a stack of 100, man, take them. Uh, our buddy Cody Ketzner, who was in the first service, uh, got those for us, man, we appreciate that. That's a great little tool, so hey, man, we got some crazy stuff going on at this church in Edgerton, boom, there you go, that's what's happening. So we got a lot of people that don't live here in Edgerton actually come here. We got people from Osawatomie, even like 45 minutes, you knuckleheads, I love you, man, you know that, you know I love you, right? That's awesome, yeah, there he is. And by the way, the Odells have some amazing honey that uh, if you ever want some great local honey, talk to these guys. Osawatomie, we've got Baldwin City, we've got Wellsville, we've got Gardner, we've got Olathe, we've got some folks coming from Shawnee, folks coming from Ottawa. Guys, it's just like descending on Edgerton. Something is happening here. God is at work. Amen. Amen. So let's talk about the book of Acts. Man, let's, let me just, let me just uh, as any study of anything we want to know who the author is the author of the book of acts is god god wrote it <coughs> now he used somebody named luke to write it but let me look at uh look at second timothy 3 16 through 17 it says in verse starting in verse 16 all scripture is what god breathed god speak it spoke to it into existence right and as you yeah I should hire somebody to do grammar. Um, and it's useful for teaching, rebuke. Listen, man, I love this. Because a lot of people think the Bible, Bible is useful for doing a Bible study. It ain't. Right? Some people do a Bible study and they go, oh, cool. I learned something new today. Walk away, learn nothing, do nothing different. Right? But here's what it says. The word of God is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, yes, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And everybody said so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is our life manual. This is our instruction manual. This is our love letter that God has written to us. And in the beginning, it has been there from the beginning. It has just come to fruition 2,000 years ago and completed 2,000 years ago by his people, those who he spoke into writing this word. So who God used it to write, used to write the book of Acts is a guy named Luke who actually wrote the book of Luke as well. So, you know, 
And actually, the book of Luke and Acts should be, can be, written together because it's the gospel according to Luke. And then the book of Acts is what happens when Jesus ascends and then all his people are still here doing church the way he said to do it. Amen? So Luke was a physician, traveled with Paul on, on several journeys. He was a, he's a companion of Paul. He's mentioned in three of Paul's books as Luke, the beloved physician. That's how we know he was one. Um, it's amazing to me. I wonder what kind of guy Luke was. Well, if we read the scriptures, we'll kind of find out a little bit. He wrote the gospel of Luke, like I said, and he also joined, joined Paul on his second and third missionary journey in Acts 20, verse 6, and Acts 20, verse 16, when he went into Jerusalem. Luke and Acts, I want you to understand this, and I love this about this. You know, you've got the, the, the gospels that are written by eyewitnesses themselves. Well, Luke and the book of Acts, the gospel according to Luke and the book of Acts, are both investigative reports. Like, this is like a newspaper guy, a reporter, going into and interviewing different people and finding out what he did. Can you imagine some of the conversations he had? Hey, Mary, tell me a little bit about Jesus when he grew up, right? Oh, man, one day we, we lost him, man. But you ain't gonna believe what happened when we went back and found him, man. He was, he was shaming even the, even the religious people, man. He was at 12 years old, right? And Luke wrote that down. Hey, Peter, tell me what it was like to, to walk on water, right? Dude, man, like I saw Jesus walking across the water. I never seen it. It flipped me out, man. And then when I realized it was him, I wanted to walk up. Then I saw the wind and the waves, and I went, boom, and Jesus caught me, man. Oh, dude, it was crazy. Imagine him talking to those different people as he's talking to Paul and he's saying, Paul, what have you seen? Paul, what have you heard? Amazing, incredible, beautiful stuff. And Luke is actually writing this report, writing this investigation, and giving it to a guy named Theophilus. Now, now Daniel Theophilus has ruined me because I always want to say Theophilus because Daniel's my homie, right? So, so every time I say, but his, his name is Theophilus. You got it close, bro. I'm going to start calling you Theophilus if, I, if you don't mind. All right, cool. But, he, but he's got this guy named Theophilus. And in fact, we, we'll read it here in a little bit. But he writes it and it says, most excellent Theophilus. And so you Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. People are probably going, excellent, right? Most excellent Theophilus. Meaning he's probably uh, someone of very high stature. Not exactly who, know, know who he is. Possibly a Roman officer. Possibly a wealthy and influential person from Antioch. There's some second century references to a guy named Theophilus who was a great lord and leader in the city of Antioch. He possibly was a supporter and provider of Paul and Luke, helped them on their missionary journeys, possibly, which would make sense if he did that because then that way he says, hey man, write this stuff down for me. Possibly a Jewish high priest. But see, see Luke was interviewing for Theophilus, for the, for, to write back this, this letter to Theophilus, this investigation, he's possibly even paid for it, but he goes and he talks to people. And we'll explain why here in a second. Actually, the scriptures explain why. But he looks at, he, he talks to different eyewitnesses and he writes this report back to a very important man named Theophilus. And here's what I want us to, I want us to kind of put ourselves in the, 
first century culture a little bit because the first century Roman Empire culture was not Neanderthal or caveman like we tend to think that way because they didn't have like running electricity lines or internet or be able to text each other we somehow think that they're less than we were but these guys were smart they were they were they were thinkers they were actually like people that thought of things like uh you know where did we come from what's our purpose I mean these were not just like just like uh, cavemen these were, these were thinkers. They actually did things that we can't figure out how they did it today. Like, for example, they, they were able to set concrete underwater. We haven't figured out how to do that. They, they did. They thought that the earth was, they didn't think the earth was flat. They actually thought it was round. And within 300 miles, were able to measure the circumference of the earth within 300 miles of, of accuracy. And how they did it, man, this is, this is wild. They, they found this big body of water. They put a, a pole on this coast over here, dug it into the ground so it was secure, put a pole over here, dug it into the ground so it was secure, put a very straight line all the way from one pole to the next, and they said, okay, what's the, what's the measurement from this, the, 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 the line here to the water, then they went to the middle, said, what's the measurement of the line to the water, then they went over here and said, what's the measurement of the line to the water, and they were able to extrapolate, because hey, it goes down a little bit, it goes up, and then they were ex- to able to extrapolate that, and they measured it and they said well the earth must be have this circumference and they got it almost exactly right these people were smart these people man they, they, they sat on the corners and they said man what is the meaning of, of life they didn't just go oh go to go eat right i mean these were smart people cosmopolitan people advanced people they had actually a, a vending machine that you could put coins in it would dispense holy water for for people to use in the ceremonies. Man, this is, this is wild stuff. We tend to think they had no advancements, but they, they did. So the early church is starting in this advanced cosmopolitan. See, we're in a, uh, a metropolitan area, a cosmopolitan area. Even though we're rural, considering Edgerton being rural, we're actually, within, we're actually in the metro area of Kansas City, Missouri, which is the center of the most advanced culture of the world in history, right? And so we kind of can take a lot of these things and say, hey, you know, we're in that same environment, even though we say, well, we're rural and that kind of thing, but we're in that environment, if you will, of a, a very similar type of thing. And so the things that we learn from Acts as, they, as we learn about this new church, there's several things I want us to, to understand. Understand that it, one, number one, it really happened. See, you guys know we went through the, what's called the story for about a year or so last year. And the only thing I hated about the story was the name. <laughs> right? Because I, I, it just kills me when somebody says, I love the story about the Holy Spirit coming down. I love the story about Peter standing up and being persecuted. I love the story about Stephen. I love the story about the new church. And these are not stories. These are accounts of, of history. These things actually happened. Jesus actually rose from the dead. Jesus actually walked with people for 40 days. Jesus actually ascended to heaven. These are not stories. Amen? What the, we learn what the church is supposed to be. I mean, man, it's great for us to understand our church history. And to understand those kinds of things. Like to, to say, okay, great. It's great for us to, to get it. Now, here's the thing I want us to warn. I want to warn us against. Because there's a lot of things, a lot of things that we can learn. But what we can't do is say, simply learn it so that we can know more and do nothing with it. We've got to be what James said. By the way, James was the brother of Jesus. When he wrote the book of James, 
He didn't say, hey, I, you need to listen to me because I grew up with Jesus. I knew him when he was uh, still in diapers type of thing, you know. He grew up with Jesus. But he didn't say that. He didn't call that out. He said, I am a, what he called himself was a slave to Jesus. And what he said is to, that we not to be near, merely doers or, or hearers of the word. Don't just look at the word and go, hey, that's cool. Great Bible study, but we got to be doers of the word. So we're going to learn things like the power of the Holy Spirit, what people acted like, what they did while filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and challenge ourselves. Do we, do we do that as well? The early church evangelized in some crazy, awesome ways, man, because what we'll learn in the book of Acts is that, that there were 3,000, like this started with 120 people, but 3,000 people got baptized in one day, man. They were doing something that we just don't do or know how to do. I mean, it's just, just crazy stuff, so we've got to be thinking about what do we need to do to make disciples like the early church did. The early church made disciples in a way that we just, the American church does not. And the early church had this urgency. So I want us to, to, to discover the, the attitudes and the thoughts and the actions that the early church had that we have lost, forgotten, or ignored, frankly, or disobeyed. The early church had problems and they dealt with them, man. So, so many times we want to cover things up because people say, oh, the church should just do this and do this and, and not worry about people say, Man, if they had issues, they dealt with them immediately. Amen is right. And one of the things I love about the book of Acts is that when you look at the, look at the values we have at New City, of the values of truth, you'll find that in the book of Acts. This is what the early church believed, this value of spiritual maturity. They expected people to grow in maturity in the Lord, not just to say that, not just to go to different things, but actually grow and mature. The, the value of generosity, man. Everything was everybody's, man. It was just that none of this was mine. It all belongs to God. Worship environments. Man, they worship, they worship like crazy all the time together. They had a sense of family that we sometimes just miss, man. Like we call ourselves a church family, man, and, and we can learn what it actually means to be, to be family even more by going through the book of Acts. Sentness. Meaning, meaning you're going out into to Samaria, Judea, and all the, to the ends of the earth. And he had the value of you. You. Like, like, like you were important in the first century church. God had you in mind. Do you understand that? Like we're here 2,000 years later. And, and we are brothers and sisters of these people we're going to be reading about. This is, this is amazing. And I love that. See, we get to know... They, we get to know each other's names. We get to eat together. We get to share responsibilities and make sacrifices with one another, for one another. And ultimately, we have a special treatment that God says, you are my child, you are my son, you are my daughter, and you are royalty in the kingdom. Can I get an amen on that? Men, I love this. And we need to learn from our ancient brothers and sisters what it truly means to be followers of Jesus what it means to be the church, the bride that Jesus is going to be coming back for. And all these things we can learn are, are great and wonderful. But let me just, man, before we go into the, into the scriptures, man, we got to learn what scripture says so that we can do what it says. Amen? I'm going to start off in the book of Luke. Because I want us to, because Luke and Acts can be read together. In fact, I highly suggest that even as we go through the book of Acts 
to read that book of Acts, but, but read it in the context of Luke too, because he's writing both of these letters to Theophilus. So in Luke 1, 1 through 4, and it, he tells us exactly why he's writing them. He says, um, starting in verse 1, it says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were what? Eyewitnesses. So these are the people he's going to talk to, right? <coughs> and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully, what? Investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write you to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may what? Know the certainty of the things you have been taught. See, Theophilus was probably going, man, I want to believe, man, I know this, man, but I need something. I mean, man, Luke, here's some money, possibly. Here's some money, man. Go, go. Here's, here's money for your journey. Go, go find out for me, will you? Go, go, go talk to Jesus' mom. Go talk to his counterparts. Go talk to eyewitnesses. Go find out for me what he did. What happened, man? Because I want to believe, but I want to know, right? Many of us have questions. Like, is the Bible real? Did Jesus actually exist? Did Jesus rise from the dead? All those kinds of things, man. And I could sit there and, man, I could talk for hours about this stuff because that's what got me to know to know God, when I found out it was real, it was proven, it was legitimate. Man, it's like, it, it just radically changes when you say, hey, wait, Jesus actually rose from the freaking dead, right? Man, it, just, it, just, it should change you. It should, it should like, like give you a, like a, like a, a changed mind, a changed heart to the things of God. So let's go into the book of Acts with that, those kinds of things in mind. Verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, talking about Luke, right? <coughs> I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach uh, until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing what? Proofs, right? That he was alive. See, even Jesus thought it was important for people to, to know See, I love this about God. See, here, God didn't just say, hey, I'm God. I created your sorry behinds. Go figure it out, right? He says, I send my son. Here's the evidence. Here's him back in the flesh. I mean, a glorified, resurrected body. He's going to hang with you for 40 days. He's going to ascend to heaven. You're going to have 500 different witnesses that are going to see this. And you guys get to be the church. It's not just, hey, you guys go be the church. I'm God. Figure it out, right? I love that about God. He see, meets us where we are. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then they gathered around him and asked him, and I love this question because it's like, McFly, you still don't get it, right? Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? <laughs> it's like, uh, 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 Mr. Trump, are you going to make America great again? Right? 
Are you going to make it? No, dude, this is, a, this is a, a spiritual restoration, a spiritual kingdom, a godly kingdom. And they're still like, like God, you gotta, it's going to get easy for us, right? And here's Jesus like, man, it's going to get hard. Then they gathered around and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Are you going to make our oppressors go away? Are you going to put Israel at its right standing in the, in the world again? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Ah, but you will not stay here. And in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we are the beneficiaries of that. After he said this, he was taken up before their, eye, their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Now, I love this. I mean, I, if Jesus ascended and, or like right now, we'd all be like, where'd he go, right? We've been hanging with this guy for 40 days. He's gone. All of a sudden, these two guys in white are just hanging out like, Whoo. good to see you guys. I didn't know you were you here the whole time. They stood beside the men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs into the room where they were staying. Where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, Judas, son of James. These were radically different guys. One guy was a, a government crony. One guy was a government anarchist, man. He wanted to overthrow the government. It sounds like a great fellowship time, right? But that's who God is. He puts those that don't make sense to the world together for his glory. That's why we're all, like, the world may look at us in this church and go, man, you guys got nothing in common, but... Dang, y'all must love, man, God must be real. Because we're so different in so many ways. And I love that. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. All his brothers and his mom had, had come to know God, know Christ as, as Savior and Lord, not just their brother that they grew up with. It was just a powerful testimony to the, to the resurrection and the validity of the Scriptures. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about how many? 120, right? We're double that here. And I tried, that's crazy to me. And said, brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas and Judas Iscariot. He's talking about the, the Judas that betrayed Jesus. <clears throat> who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. Now, Paul puts in kind of parentheses uh, here. He's like, hey, this is for you, Theophilus. Uh, with the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Ugh. Right? Anybody ready for breakfast? Rock and roll. I'm ready for some chitlins. How about y'all? <laughs> That's disgusting. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language a kaldama, that is, field of blood. For 
said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, that's, that's Psalm 69, and may another take his place of leadership, that's Psalm 109. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taking up, taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed. See, I love that. So they, they said, okay, we're not just going to go guess what God, we're going to actually pray. God, you choose. Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show, show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and we don't know what casting lots really is. It could have been dice, could have been had something with some, some smooth sticks and stones and that. It could have been flipping a coin. And the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the 11. See, 12 is not just a, just a, a happening, happenstance thing, right? There were the 12 tribes of Israel. The, the number 12 represented perfection, represented completion in Old Testament, in, in Hebrew history, and in, 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 the, in the Word of God. There's all kinds of divisions and things like that. People do all kinds of math things, but they needed they felt it necessary, guided by the Holy Spirit, right, to fulfill the 12. Someone asked the, the worship band to come up for a second. I want to kind of just, as we, we're going to go through the first chapter again, like in chunks. But I want us to be thinking about this. I want us to be, be, be looking at the book of Acts. And I want you to read this on your own. The, you know, Luke and, and Acts as well. And I want you to, to do something as you read this. First off, I want you to prepare for the messages on Sunday as we're going through this. This is, this is an important thing for us to do because if we go through the, the book of Acts and, and we've pre-read it, like, like for the next year, you're going to say, hey, what are we going to talk about? Book of Acts. Book of Acts. Now, we may take some breaks if holidays happen and that kind of thing. Like, we're, we're, we're celebrating a holiday right now. Like, we're going to be celebrating Independence Day. And so many of us are like, man, I'm so glad we've got the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that gives us our freedom and gives us our rights and those kinds of things. Those do not do that. God gives us our rights. God gives us our freedoms on all the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence do is acknowledge those. Amen? So we need, to come, we, need to, we need to be recognizing as the church, this is the most important governing influence that we could have as the church. And we don't want to make change in our country. Let's go change hearts. We want to get the right people in office Let's go help people understand who God is and let them represent him when they go in to vote. Let's not be that, that, that church that, that gets all mad about sin and says, man, I can't believe this gay and abortion and you know all this kind of stuff that we get all fired up about and that kind of thing. We get on Facebook, we go, whoo, man, I can't stand those people trying to take away my guns, right? When you get paired back at school, man. 
No, we don't. We need to start praying. Man, we need to be free to, to, to evangelize people at work. We need to be free to have a Bible study if we want. How dare them? To, no, we need to work. Do our jobs. And guess what? People will ask questions. Man, why, are you ha- why do you do what you do? Why do you have the attitude you do? The early church, one of the things that I love about the early church, is they didn't go and browbeat people with their Bibles. People that didn't know Jesus, man, they loved the snot out of them. Even in the face of persecution. That's what made people go, man, you guys are getting thrown in jail. You're getting flogged. You're getting crucified. But you keep, you keep loving us. Why? Can we do that? See, that's what makes the church roll. Is when we show people that, that, that crazy love that can only come from God, it is radical, it is different, it is unlike anything anybody's ever seen. The early church, man, when there were plagues that would come into these major cities, everybody would leave. The doctors would leave, the politicians would leave, but these crazy small group of Christians would stay in the cities and care for the sick, many times through their own expense. And people noticed, Right? That's what happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We just do what we're God about. It doesn't make sense to the world, man. You guys better leave, right? No, we got to love, right? And so when we're reading Luke and Acts, again, read it together, but specifically when we're going through the book of Acts, man, I want us to be thinking, how are we as a church not doing what we're supposed to be doing and how are we as a church doing what we're doing how am i individually as a member of this body doing what god has asked me to do how am i not doing what god has asked me to do how am i pleasing god in this right man 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 let god expose you let god reveal to you let god reveal to us as a body we're not doing it right guys i love this church but i'm not doing it right you're not doing it right we'll never get there till we get there but but we can learn and do as we read amen so as we man as we have this time of of contemplation and 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 thinking and praying god man as we as we pray to end this let's just pray sincerely that God busts us up and wrecks us into being the church he has called us to be. I'm not getting on to you. I'm getting on to me. We got to get on to each other. Not like, ah, you're not doing it right. We're not doing it the way God has called us to do it. In, but we're doing some good stuff. And God is pleased. And we want to continue to please him. Amen. Father God, we love you. You are an amazing and incredible and beautiful, wondrous God. I mean, this is not something, this is not, this, this church here is not normal. We're, we're abnormal and, and praise, praise you that we are. But Lord, we want to be more like you. We want to continue to be the church you want us to be. Man, it freaks us out to think that there are, these are not just stories that we heard since we were kids and some of them are just here, some of us are just hearing them for the first time today. Amen is right. But Lord, man, we're asking that you, you expose us, that you, you bust our hearts open, you, you bust our minds open, that you, that you help us to see what you see, not what we see, but what you see in us, both individually and collectively as a body. And as we go through this 
letter written by you through Luke to Theophilus and to all of us. May we understand more what it means to be your church in your way, in your time, and in your spirit. We love you, God. And it is in your son's amazing and incredible and beautiful and proven and risen name. All God's people said, amen.